Welcome to Planet Local Voices from the Local Futures podcast. In this series, you will hear from a wide array of voices who came together in 2023 to build a global movement for local economies worldwide. This episode features Bio Akomalafe. A one-of-a-kind thinker, Bio blurs the lines between the personal and the political. His playful and poetic voice calls us to unlearn, rethink, and radically imagine our place in the world. He is a widely celebrated international speaker, teacher, public intellectual, essayist, and author of two books, These Wilds Beyond Our Fences, Letters to My Daughter on Humanity's Search for Home, and We Will Tell Our Own Story, The Lions of Africa Speak. He is also the founder and curator of the Emergence Network and chief host of the festival series, We Will Dance With Mountains. From Planet Local Voices, here's Bio Akomalafe. I came to a point in my life when I recognized the, um, I'd scaled the height of education, right? I'd climbed all the um, towers, that were promised to be highways to heaven and they didn't lead to anywhere promising and it was from those heights I started to notice the losses I had experienced but couldn't even name at that point see to be educated where I come from is to be educated out of context it's to be teased away from contextuality is to be decontextualized so There was hardly any awareness of my language, my stories, the stories of my people, right? The wonderful insights and knowledges and folklore that have shaped my people for so long. And I'm from the Yoruba people from West Africa. So I embarked on a journey of some kind, an expedition, to recover a sense of context, right? A a sense of placement, a sense of imbrication entanglement with place um, from the ivory towers that I had climbed. And I think it was at around this point that the conversational streams floating around the world, the winds of change that are blowing afoot, blew me towards these conversations for years now, and I'm grateful for it. As many people around the world look out from high-rise windows and pine for a sense of deeper fulfillment. Awareness is growing that going local is key to our need for connection. We asked Bio if that journey can be more than an individual pursuit. In other words, if there's a chance at systemic change. There is a sense in which it is becoming increasingly difficult for us to sustain individual trajectories. The pandemic is one example. The pandemic taught us that no one has a clean bill of health, right? That is not already um, imbricated with how others are living, right? And how others behave. So health is no longer an individual vocation. You, You can't have a clean CV and walk away and say, I'm done, I'm fine. Because if the next person, you know, to you isn't fine, then you're not fine. So I think the times are changing so much that it is becoming increasingly difficult for settlements, 
possibility to sustain the separability of our bodies. And this already lends itself to the complexity discourses that are at large, not just in academia, but in, on the streets. So we're having conversations about complexity theory and chaos theory and systemic change. Um, I would argue that um, these changes of foot are more than systemic. And so the question isn't just about how do we create systemic change, because systemicity is, is anthropocentric. It's how we language chaos. It's how we speak about a world that is in part legible, but not entirely legible to us. You know, for anything to be systemic, it has to be intelligible. But the world is not always intelligible. Mm. The world exceeds language, linguistics, or storytelling. The world is often mysterious, diffracted, you know. And so um, the question then becomes for me, not just how do we create systemic change, it becomes um, how are we becoming enlisted to to notice other places of power with the world. You know, how are, um, how are systems themselves imploding? And what are those places, those cracks, those breaks in legibility that might allow us to articulate new visions of community, new ways of being together, new experiences of subjectivity? Those are the very alive questions for me. Bio offered a story to illustrate his sense that the world is not always intelligible. And he expressed why that notion fills him with hope. About 200 years ago, a monster woke up. According to present-day analysis, this monster is called Sagittarius A. It is the biggest black hole that we've detected. It's at the very heart of the Milky Way. It's, I think it's 4.1 million times denser than the sun. You can squeeze in 4.1 million suns in this black hole. And it was asleep for thousands, possibly millions of years. And then all of a sudden, um, a renegade cloud of dust, you know, stared or danced past its nostrils, if you will, and made it sneeze and it started to sing, it got up. And the sounds were picked up by NASA recently. The sounds wafting through space-time, just jazzing up everything, right? Literally bending space-time as it traveled. And they picked up those sounds recently. I would urge you to go listen to those sounds if you haven't. They are the strangest alien sounds you've ever heard after they were, you know, computed and rendered intelligible to human hearing, right? And I love that idea of a black hole singing, but its song, its song is undetectable because we're going through the motions, we're going through our everyday lives, and yet it's singing the minor key, right? It's wafting through the architecture of oppression, right? The song of white stability had been has been singing for a long time, and it has been founding and pressuring and stabilizing bodies in categories. And then here is this alien extraterrestrial sound just wafting through space, upsetting the monotony of settlement. I think that is the most ravishing 
thing that it exceeds, it spills beyond considerations of hope and hopelessness. It's, it just feels liberating and emancipatory in ways that I don't know how to articulate and often refuse to, mm-hmm. right? Um, the binary doesn't cut it for me anymore. It's, it's like those slaves in Brazil running through you know, the act of marinage, trying to escape the plantation. And then they would squeeze themselves through the crack of a huge rock, which is now a monument in Bahia, Salvador, in Brazil. It's called the Rock of Xongo. They would squeeze through the crack of the rock. And upon getting out on the other side, you were free. And I contemplated that recently. Um, about how they were escaping to freedom. And a brother of mine said, it wasn't freedom they were escaping to. Freedom was intelligible to the plantation, right? Um, In fact, there's no way to consider freedom apart from incarceration. They work together. So freedom was already a vocation, legible to the plantation. What they were escaping into was uncertainty, indeterminacy. And there is nothing as hope-inducing as indeterminacy. Mm. The idea that the world is still yet to come, Mm. that colonization hasn't stabilized or frozen everything into stable categories, that the world is open and emergent and poetic and promiscuous. Mm. That is the most hopeful thing, ironically. Open, emergent, poetic, promiscuous. We asked Bio if these adjectives might also apply to the planet local concept and to the movement of people all over the world finding ways to re-entangle with place, community and nature. The minor key is the disruption of stabilised continuity. The minor key is the tendency for, for bodies to dance in ways that are beyond surveillance, capitalist, neoliberal surveillance. The minor key is a black hole singing, um, you know, disrupting the architecture of oppression. And I think in some way, the handles of civilization are coming apart, right? Um, This is what I think of as white stability. White stability being the cultural project that has tried to create isolated, dissociated selves as monuments to modernity for some time, right? That is being upended by this disruption, this mass disabling event, if you will, that's cracking and syncopating the world. And I think we are gathering in the cracks of some kind, you know, in the cracks of those syncopating forces. That's why we're having these conversations. That's why we're saying, Hmm, what if, what if we could turn to our neighborhoods? What if, we could, what if we could have and develop and cultivate intelligences that are immediate and intimate? What if we didn't have to depend on Coca-Cola or some other giant corporate formation in order to have bread or to have drink or to make merry or to meet ourselves for the first time? What if we didn't have to be so far away in order to be close to each other. What if intimacy can be cradled and framed in ways that have not been articulated yet? These are questions we don't have answers to. I don't think the, the vibe here is, let's get to a solution and get with it. I think we're staying with the trouble of these questions. And somehow, 
navigating, meandering artistically sometimes this vortice, vortex or these vortices of questions will enable new kinds of sensibilities to sprout and then we will suddenly realize we're different. That interview was recorded in September 2023 at the Planet Local Summit in Bristol, UK. To get notified about new episodes, subscribe to our channel or sign up to our mailing list via localfutures.org. Also find on our website a vast collection of resources for education and big picture activism to shift the economy from global to local. And of course, we hope you'll tune in to the other inspiring thinkers and movement leaders featured in the Planet Local Voices series. Until next time, thanks for listening to Planet Local Voices from the Local Futures Podcast.